Secure all cargo. All passengers aboard. Bowman, cast off bow line. Engine room, ahead one quarter. Hello and welcome back to Off Harbor in Maine. I'm Joel Covey and I'm joined by my close friends to reminisce over Disney Park history and discuss current theme park happenings, all with a drink in hand. And today on episode 34, we're doing a little catch up again, and then we'll explore Rivers of America of yesteryear and today, as well as go into detail of Paris's counterpart, the Rivers of the Far West. Uh, with me on this episode, I have Beth. Hello, everyone. And Matt. Hey, everybody. Unfortunately, uh, Derek couldn't make it for this uh, this episode, even though we haven't recorded in like three months and we've been playing this forever. We we still couldn't get all together on this episode, so we'll miss <laughs> it's you. <a> challenge. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty hard for us to get together. Um, I can't believe it's been another like three months since we last recorded, um, but shockingly, a less amount of time since our previous in between period. So we're doing <laughs> we're a little bit better. better. I, and uh-huh. I think. The, I think this is our fourth episode of the year, maybe. It's pretty bad. It's been a busy year. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess we're not missing much because there's not a lot I want to talk about with Disneyland. Yeah. Disneyland. Yeah, it's, 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 it's mostly negative at this point. <laughs> yeah. So it's. I don't feel too bad. That's why we're talking about history today. Not so much everything new, but. Well, we're all talking about the history because the future is really bleak. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, honestly, that's kind of. It's true. <laughs> it's very true. Well, before we get into it, let's go around our tropical virtual lanai just to see what everyone is drinking today. Beth, what are you drinking? Okay, so yesterday I went to the grocery store to get something, and uh, they had some Bailey's uh, s'mores. Bailey's s'mores is like a seasonal new flavor, and I was like, oh, that sounds delicious. So I grabbed it, and I went to the self-checkout, and then I tried to check out, and it was $50 for a little bottle of Bailey's. So I put that back. And so I just had some uh, red wine at home. <laughs> I was like, no, thank you. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, so my, not to interrupt you, but my question is you can buy alcohol at self-checkout in Nevada. Oh, there was, there was somebody to check IDs, like, but all of their, all of their registers were closed. Only self-checkout was available. I say that's crazy. Cause that's against the law in California. You know what? Wait, do you know what's crazy? Wait, I can't order alcohol to be delivered. Like if I were to use DoorDash or something mm. like that, I can't have alcohol delivered to my house in Nevada, which I thought was in Las Vegas. Backwards. Yeah, in Las Vegas. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I can walk around on the street with booze, but I can't. <laughs> I can't have it delivered to my house. That seems weird. But, anyways, yes, Joel. Oh, I was just gonna say they did it for me last week. Oh, I- really? at the grocery store and I'm like uh, you can't have they told me come over here you can come to self checkout I'm like I have beer they're like oh it's okay and then th- they were there though to assist but was it like self checkouts or was it at like the little register they have at the back of the checkouts no it was at the self checkout register and somebody yeah, some came was up just and there she to- scanned it and said okay you're you know, yeah. you're okay what now what store was this so I can report them 
Yeah, that's why I don't even want to say it because I want to be able to do it again. <laughs> well, anyways. but it's very local to me. Well, that's crazy, Beth, because like we said, al- there is more alcohol in Las Vegas than there is water at this yeah, point. Yeah, so. right. So I'm having a red wine. I do not remember the brand, but I can tell you that it, the label said it was a vibrant, a vibrant and velvety red blend. So that's what it is. Okay, that works. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I'm using leftover stuff myself mostly. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Matt, what do you have? All right, so I'm going to be boring tonight. Uh, so I'm actually kind of fighting like a sinus infection. So I'm actually on like antibiotics and different kind of medicine. So I wasn't sure if that was going to mess with anything if I started <laughs> drinking liquor. So tonight we're going with good old water. Oh, water. Nice. I think is this it is the first. Water? It's the flavored water, though. I'll see. Oh, yeah. What's Explain your flavored What's water. Your... It's called a circle. <laughs> and you just attach it to your hydro flask, right? Yeah, I attach it to my hydro flask, and if I want regular water, I just turn it to off, and if I want flavored water, I turn it on, and it works amazing. This was a very tough concept for Derek. For Derek, <laughs> yes. He was real, real confused about you it. You know what the best one, though, is because one of them that you can get has caffeine in it. Oh. So oh. I've been just drinking that throughout the day now, and it keeps me, keeps well, me going. I think, I think this is the first time we've had someone just drink water. We've had oh, other non-alcoholic beverages. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I think it was a sparkling water, so I don't know if that counts. <laughs> well, then I will go all out then Good. for tonight. By the time this drops, it's probably past Halloween, so I don't feel guilty. But it's definitely not Halloween yet, and I am having an eggnog drink today. They had eggnog at the store, and we couldn't pass it up, and my lovely wife bought it. And I was very excited to come home to some eggnog. Um, so it's a coffee drink. I've done this before on the podcast, but I kind of finished off the bourbon that I had just bullet bourbon I need to get some different type of bourbon uh and did an espresso with steamed eggnog and I put it in my fitting Disneyland Paris 30th anniversary mug that I got from Harrison High TO2 on Twitter (laughs) good friend of mine brought it back it's actually a present for Vicky um, oh wow! You're I'm, stealing Vicky's But you've taken it. Wow. I've taken it. I am. It's my favorite. So <laughs> you hear that? Thank Harrison? you. Thank you, Harrison. I and you know what? It. It's, it's totally fine because Monday night at 12 a.m. the Christmas music starts. Oh yeah, it does. Oh yeah. And you know what? Be- because of your comment about getting eggnog, that's actually what I went to go to the store to get was eggnog. <laughs> so I do have some in my fridge too. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked and I'm very happy to have this drink. So with that, everybody, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Screw, screw Halloween. <laughs> well, this might be our only podcast <laughs> till Christmas. Until so. New Year's. Mm. Yeah. Well, something I wouldn't say negative. To me, it's positive. Others have their complaints or uh, qualms with it. But I am very happy with the fact that we finally have Magic Band on the West Coast. It's Magic Band Plus, but I'm very excited to be able to use a band now to get into the park. Ugh, instead of your phone all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best part. I'm not going to lie. Just walking up and not having to fumble with like AT&T dropping the ball all the time. It was amazing. Yes. Well, I, I want to get into this all one of a your, bit. <laughs> All of the tickets on your phone and... Yes. And so I've talked about this many times online and people always come back and say, I don't get it. Like, why would you want it? And then they kind of get on me for being excited about it and uh, basically telling me that my opinion's wrong. <laughs> and 
<laughs> uh, which I, 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 it's granted, I get why people don't want it or not interested in it. Interested in it, or if you have your smartwatch and you want everything to be on your smart smartwatch. <laughs> Excuse me. So, are you from Boston? Your right. smart your smartwatch. That's <laughs> typical for me. Um, but I, I get it. But for me, I think it's fantastic. Yes, it doesn't have all the features, and I'll go through some of this. We'll go through it. But it doesn't have all the features from Florida yet. I, they probably won't even get every feature that Florida has, but there's a lot that's still going to come. It's still in its infancy. Infancy. There's only what? It's only a few days in for regular park guests to get it. Magic key holders had a chance to to purchase a little bit beforehand. Unfavorables. Um, the unfavorables are able to. <laughs> yes. Got to have and, guinea pigs. <laughs> and we'll start off with like the simple, the simplest thing. The number one reason why I wanted it. Like we're saying how much we hate opening up the Disneyland app all the time. Often you have to log back in and I feel like it always freezes when I need it the most. And that was very common for me going into the, the entry or to the turnstiles. So this is nice because even though it doesn't have the touch points, like you're familiar, if you're familiar with what Florida has, they have these nice little touch points where you put your, your band up there. We already have them in place for the lightning lanes. They were already there when they were fast pass. Um, but they don't have that little Mickey symbol up front. So when you go up to uh, a cast member at the entrance, they still have to scan you with their phone. And right now it's a little buggy because they have to still switch over from like a different way to scan on the phone. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> yes. It's just like a button. Well, yeah, but still, that's just, but that's, still, still yeah. it's annoying, yeah. Yeah, it's not quite as simple or logistic-free as going up to the lightning just lane. holding your wrist <laughs> going. Yeah. But regardless, I didn't have to get out my phone. I scanned and went right in. And so that was just so nice to finally be able to do something <laughs> so simple since we don't have hard tick, we don't have hard tickets in. Well, and it's funny too, when I first walked up to the turnstile, because remember I bought mine prior off yes. Shop Disney. And when I first walked up to the ticket booths, the lady that was at the ticket booth, she goes, oh, someone already got one. Let's go ahead and try this. So I'm wondering if it was her first time. <laughs> it might have been, yeah. Scanning one too. When I walked up, the girl there was like, oh, oh okay, I, I got a like she was fumbling. You could tell it was she hasn't she hadn't done it that much yet. And uh, she was able to quickly do it. But she was kind of like uh, a little unsure. <laughs> so maybe they have a little learning curve at the very beginning here. I'm sure it's fine now, but I'm happy with that. But like Beth said, it's also nice to not have to like swipe through. I had all of yours on well, my. Well, but I mean that you have—you probably had like five on there, right? Five or six. I mean, only sociopaths have more than twenty passes on their phone. <laughs> no, I didn't have. I don't have twenty friends. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it is nice you don't have to swipe through. Uh, and then, if you go to like other touch points, at least you have them for the lightning lanes. So if you if you do end up getting Genie Plus, or if you for some reason received a lightning lane because. Like for us, a, an attraction broke down while we we're waiting for it. We were able to get a, a a lightning lane added to our ticket, if you will, and we were able to go over to uh, Monsters After Dark. Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. that was uh, that was a win, though. It was a huge win because it was a forty-five <laughs> minute wait for Web Slingers, and we got in there and it broke down. And we wanted to ride Guardians, but it was like a hundred and something minutes. <laughs> oh, nice. So we walked right out of Web Slingers with our passes and went straight into Guardians of the Galaxy. And that was my like moment of like euphoria 
<laughs> Until he got off the ride and he was nauseous. Yeah, I still get sick from that ride. But oh no, Joel. <laughs> I know, I'm getting old. It stops and I look at him and it's like, you good? Nope. Nope. Wait, <laughs> let me walk this off. <laughs> but, but walking up to that touch point and just being able to put it up there, the Mickey little head turns green. It does the light up circle. Your band makes it uh, turns green too. It probably has, I don't know if the haptic. It did. Worked. Yeah. It did. So this haptic capabilities on it so it will vibrate as well when you touch it that little thing for me <laughs> not like that so did Beth yeah doesn't it make usually make you happy when you touch it yeah, yeah. I always vibrate yeah <laughs> <laughs> but but no when you when you walk up though it uh that feeling that it just reminds me of Disney World of doing that so many times there and it just felt like vacation more and now we mm-hmm. have it here on the west coast and it just feels it's just something new and it's and it's convenient so well, I like it and I love so I know we've had the sound effects for it for a long time but it always just felt half-assed but now that I actually have like the experience of like tap and then hear the sound effect it just made it that much better Right, and then I'm sure we're gonna get like customizable ones, like the hat in Florida. Uh, Mansion does already. Yeah, when you tap it, it does like the one in Florida where it does like the spooky oh, sound. Nice. Yeah. yeah, but like if you have like a special magic band, but that only where... usually does it at the actual like turnstile, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's usually at when you first get into the park. Yeah, everyone's like, okay, well, you have those items, but you can't. Uh, link up. You can't do your uh, discounts yet to them. You can't put a credit card to it yet, like you can in Florida. You can't um, get into hotel rooms yet. Um, so those things are still coming. So there's still a lot of things that people would have may have found a lot of benefit to it in Disney World, not available here on the West Coast yet. But why not? I because don't know why they it's announced not they announced this over a year ago. Maybe they just want to start at one thing at a time. And- <laughs> Easy. <laughs> and keep in mind, and this is important, as I, I was listening to another podcast and they were explaining all this and I realized, you know what, I think a lot of people still don't understand it. Um, and we witnessed this even from a cast member giving incorrect information. Matt did. Uh-huh. Magic bands, if it doesn't say plus at the end, so any iteration beforehand, those magic bands will not work on the West Coast. They could have made it happen, but they did not. They elected not to. I'm for money right they want you to buy the new one we all have we all have old ones we could have used but (laughs) we wouldn't have gotten our extra money so we have to get the magic band plus now the difference here with the magic band plus is it lights up and it's it can sync to music or to shows and there's moments in uh attractions too where it can do things on the wrist and lights up it's nothing too fancy it's not anything to i would not recommend anybody to go buy this just for that item alone because it is you have to look down your wrist and everyone's complaining already. Like, I'm not going to look down my wrist while watching a, a uh, fireworks show. Absolutely. Right. It's, I, I mean, I did. But I sure did. I, I definitely looked, but, <laughs> but are you going to do it every time? Probably not. No, it's, it's kind of like, well, I want to watch the show, not keep looking at my wrist. So I get it. So it's just an add on. Just think of it as an added benefit. Now the price point, I don't think is overwhelming. I don't think it's too expensive. Yeah. They have limited time ones, that Matt got like the Ep- or the limited edition. He got the Epcot 41, which looks mm-hmm. amazing. It was like 50 bucks. Five. Yeah, 55. Yeah, but you know 50. what? I love Epcot. I had As to he's get wearing it. an Epcot yeah. shirt. As right I'm wearing now. an Epcot shirt too. <laughs> yeah. So I get it. Uh, I've said that a lot. <laughs> um, 
I got the plain white one. I it's so different for me. I would never normally do this, but I really liked how cream, it looked. Cream, sir. It is cream. You're right. It is cream. <laughs> we got yes, the cream sir. color cream, one. Please. That was thirty four ninety nine before discount. Um, I do have an Inspire Pass, which is the highest tier, and that got me seven dollars off. And yeah, holding my <laughs> that's holding up her <laughs> pinky at me. I get it, but it's it got me seven dollars off, so it's twenty eight bucks. I thought is oh, a very reasonable price for what the sucker does. I'm I'm happy with it. Uh, that's that's not bad. I mean, if I have to pay twenty eight dollars to get a something a little bit better than a plastic card since I'm not going to get that. That's not a, it's not a bad deal. Right. And then if you add in, like there are added experiences that I think are great. I mean, we can get into bounty hunter and we'll talk about that game for just a little bit, but also like, I didn't even realize this cause we only used it for a few hours while we were there and I've only used it once in the park, but like haunted mansion, you go on it and it does beat red and then the haptics beat with the heartbeat as well. And I think that's just a nice, fun little added experience mm -hmm. that I, I think it's worth it for that price and you can make it your own. It's kind of just added flair for you and how many people have something random on them for added Disney flair when they go to the, the park. So I think it's an appropriate price going into the bounty hunter game. Uh, so Matt, Derek and myself went with, with Brayden. Beth's never going to be with us because she moved away. Um, <laughs> Someday, maybe if Disney doesn't, keep pissing me off so we convinced i know we convinced derek though at least to get it i don't think we actually convinced him i think he was gonna get anyway but he said we twisted his arm and uh -huh. he was jealous to see us <laughs> yeah but can we also touch on that that line was stupid i don't even want to get into it i was so annoyed that it just didn't need to happen they were pulsing how many people could go in to look at and buy them but you had to be a magic key holder already there was plenty of space and they were this guy was not just him. There was multiple cast members doing the same thing. And they would only pulse in like a few people at a time when really you could have at least like tripled no. it. Well, yeah, because remember me and Brayden were inside the store, like just leaning up against one of the racks. And I'm like, you guys, there are two people in the area. Yeah. <laughs> and this isn't like a small like one rack or two rack. There was like six racks in a very large space that they could have just let people come in that I think they were also trying to explain it to everyone coming in because a lot of people have no idea what it is. They just kind of think, oh, this looks cool and it does something that lights up. They want to get it, but they want to, I think, also stress like, hey, like this is all it does so far. I don't get it thinking it's going to do all these extra things. Yeah. When in reality, it's kind of um, it's really just a phase zero. Pass. <laughs> yeah. But we did Bounty Hunter. Uh, we did just a few of them. We, we caught a couple of bounties, I guess you would say, at the at the end of the, the day over Galaxy's Edge. Do you want to explain a little bit of the game, Matt? Yeah, so I like it. I think we're kind of finally starting to go that direction with Galaxy's Edge that we were kind of promised at the beginning. And I know it's kind of a small step, but we're going in the right direction. So like the fact that you just go there, you tap your band. And the only thing that sucks though is there's only one touch point to start this game so when you start the game there's this whole like tutorial that displays on the screen before you even get your first bounty and you figure everybody is just now getting a magic band so everybody's going up there watching this tutorial they need to have you know that one set up but they need to have maybe a couple smaller stations with just a simple screen on it that you know if i'm a returning person i can just go up there tap it get my bounty and go because by the end of the night when we went back the second time the line was like going to the entrance of the land. Oh, geez. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't need to play it again. 
Right. And the best way to describe it is it's kind of hot and cold. So, like, if you were playing as a kid, playing hot and cold and just saying hot, 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 or again, cold, cold, again, further away from something. In this case, you're trying to get to doorways where if you've been to Galaxy's Edge, you know they have those lights around the doors or the transponders. What, what I don't know what you want to call those. The little panels that you use, you do the, uh, the bounty, the outpost game where you capture the flag, kind of. Right. And so you go to those locations. Um, when you're using the phone, you can actually scan the door and it will show what, whoever your creature, if you if you will, is behind that door and it will show up on your phone. So it looks pretty cool. And it you find them by your wrist or your magic band will light up different colors. If it's green, that means you're going the right direction. The haptic um, vibrations will go faster if the closer you get or it'll slow down if you're further away. And if you go too far away, it turns red. When you're finally close enough, it turns purple. You scan the band with your phone, and then you're able to see that you caught the caught your bounty. You uh, collect it, and then you have to go back and give it to what the collector. I'm sure he has. Yeah, I don't know what his name yeah. was. But the problem right now, as Matt said, there's only one place to return it, and then the place to get told your next bounty is right next to it as well. So you have basically two lines of people just waiting to to cycle through. I get why they only started with one, but it's very pop. It's going to be very popular at the beginning. Then they need more, more ways to uh, start or turn in your bounty, right? Yeah, and one other thing too. I mean, this is this is actually a pet peeve of mine. Is so you have to use the play app, which is fine. But when you go into the play app, you don't go into the actual like data pad for Galaxy's Edge. You have to keep scrolling through all the games until you find the one that says Batu Bounty Hunters, which then opens up like a version of the data pad just for that game. And then at the very end, when you collect your credits, it doesn't show up in that screen anymore. If you want to see how many credits you actually earned, you have to go back into the actual Star Wars data pad. So it's like it has you entering and exiting like multiple like applications in the same app just to like check stuff. I'm like, why is this not all in one thing? Yeah, that was it is so not perfect. It is not perfect. There's definitely opportunities and there needs to be more interactive elements. While this is very cool, we go back and you look at Epcot, what they've done for many, many years with just like the Kim Possible game where they used to mm-hmm. give you a flip phone and you'd go around and that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was so, you, you would interact with things in each different pavilion and things would pop up and appear. Right now, there's only kind of one type of instance that happens in this game where it there is opportunity to have more interactive elements and having other things pop up or appear for you. And hopefully they can add to that quickly and not wait like five years until we have new enhancements to it. Do the credits do anything? Like, does that come into play in any way or no? Nope. Still nope. <laughs> it, okay. But this is this is a gripe that I've had with that data pad since it first debuted. Mm-hmm. Because remember, anytime you ride the Falcon and you have that like enabled, you get your credits afterwards. So like I'm sitting here on like 150,000 galactic credits and I don't even know what the fuck I'm supposed to do with them. <laughs> Yeah, it's. Like, can I start? Can I start credits. buying things for my character? Like, yeah, anything. I, is there an exchange rate? <laughs> can I exchange it for gift cards? I don't know. Can I do something? A fast pass or a lightning right. lane? That'd be great. Oh, that'd be cool. Oh, I bet you can cool. use them for in park perks. 
Yeah. Like, be very reasonable. Like, like it would twenty twenty thousand people doing it. Yeah, twenty thousand galactic credits lets you like skip the line for Falcon. Yeah. I th- makes I, we did sense. it. There we go. Done. Fixed it for you to hire us. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I mean that's basically Magic Band Plus. Uh, we could talk even more about it, but I think I just wanted to point out that I think it's a good value. I like what it is. Just don't get it thinking that it's going to be something totally it's, uh, identical impressive. to Disney World's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's sorry. It's a nice to have, and if you're willing to fork over some money, you know, I think it's it can make your day better. Uh, yeah, and I know we're already talking a little long here, but. You know, I think it's funny that last time we were giving up or giving our D23 predictions. <laughs> Just a little <laughs> off. <laughs> if you want to hear how wrong we were, yeah. like, go, go back and listen to the last episode. Um, so, oops. Uh, that, I'll say our, that, that presentation could have been an email. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. It, texted had, it. it had churros or backfires. <laughs> and this happens every time. This isn't the first time. It's kind of a precedent now. We should expect them to be able to announce more things not that long after D23. This was definitely the worst one, though. Oh, by far. Like, this one literally felt like nothing was announced. (laughs) We literally spent 30 minutes on stage playing What If. Yeah. (laughs) And the, The thing I feel bad for, I mean, I was laughing at him. Like, this is ridiculous. But... To spend all that money on the D23 tickets and then all the effort to try to get into those panels. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, I want to hear the news. I want to be there first. I want to be the parks panel. And then you get, maybe someday we could do something like this. Maybe. Yeah. Don't they usually have like performances and some other stuff that happened during the panels? Do they not do that for the parks panels? Like remember during the last one, that's when they announced like the Epcot overhaul. And they had the, uh, what's her name? Pinar Toprak? Or Toprak? The... The composer that does like the actual Epcot theme now. She oh, okay. came out on stage and she's actually like a real composer, like does movies. <laughs> she's she a is. real one. Yeah. Well no, <laughs> she did she did, one. <laughs> yeah, she did Captain Marvel. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so but she came out and did that and So I mean I, I was just saying, usually even if you don't have the greatest announcements, you have other things that were kind of cool to see in person. So I can Oh we did have what's that. her name came out though and sang. Which from one? Princess and the Frog. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, shoot. What is her name? They came out. Uh, was it? Oh, my God. Why can't I remember her name? Is it Alexis? Alexis. Alexis. <laughs> Alexis. <laughs> Alexis Rose. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, there's been some good things that come out. We're not going to go over all the stuff they've talked about. But, hey, I think it is pretty cool about the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway um, coming or opening January 27th before Toontown reopens. So you'll probably and- be so stoked for that ride yeah and it's so really smart good. instead it's of opening so up the land good. first <laughs> and then the ride later they're gonna open up the ride first and then the land opens up later oh, cannot wait so that's they exciting some, uh, some line they, management they <laughs> better not do a damn oh my god virtual queue for this i they swear will. to god i will, will lose my shit Hopefully they do like four attempts. Like you can do it 7 a.m. There's no reason for that ride to have a virtual. Because it has a great capacity too, right? It works perfect in Florida. It's got a great capacity. They do not need to put virtual queue on here. If you want to do a paid lightning lane, that's fine. But you do not need to do a virtual queue for this attraction. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. It'll probably come out before the next time we record. So 
<laughs> Hopefully not, but maybe. <laughs> I know, right? So with that, I think we'll uh, head on to why we're here today to talk about Rivers of America. Let's head down to Frontierland, Indian Village, and what would later become New Orleans Square. We're heading to the banks of the Rivers of America. Today is yesterday. The rivers of Frontierland are teeming with traffic. Rafts carry passengers to and from Tom Sawyer's Island. And the proud queen of the river is the Mark Twain. Canoes politically incorrectly labeled the Indian War Canoes, guided by actual Native Americans. A keelboat filled to the brim with excited young children and families depart from Frontierland Landings. And the queen of the river, the Mark Twain, steam powers across the river, making its presence known with bells and steam whistles. Art Linkletter on the Dateline Disneyland special stated, Mark Twain, a proud symbol of the romantic era where whole cities grew out of river ports, turning paddle wheels brought new people new customs, and new industries to those fabulous ports of call. And the riverboat even brought up a new kind of music up the river from the city where the blues were born, where the Dixieland style was king, New Orleans. At every bend in the river, dramatic scenes from the pioneer days come into view. A settler's cabin is a fire set ablaze by flaming arrows, and wildlife is abundant with many scenes not apparent at today's Disneyland's waterfront. Further along, scenes from Native American dwellings are present and stagecoaches scurry down nearby hills. While the original river was rather problematic to today's standards, its wilderness vibe and historic representation of the importance of the rivers of America remain. Go to the Rivers of America. Uh, so, the reason it's called the Rivers of America is because it's supposed to represent, uh, at the time when it opened, the Mississippi, the Columbia, the Missouri, the Missouri, <laughs> the Rio Grande. <laughs> and the story goes, I do not know if this is a real story, but the story goes that the night before they were supposed to break ground on this new river, what would become the Rivers of America, Walt was unhappy with the layout and design of the river. So he took home the project, worked on it himself, and the paper plans that he brought back the next day were supposedly the ones that they used to make the waterway. Now, is that just real or like earthquake bridge type stuff? I don't right. know, but <laughs> that's the story. <laughs> and when they started filling the rivers of America after they had dug it out, all the water soaked into the soil and Joe Fowler had to find clay so that they could line the riverbed and eventually they were able to keep water in. And it's the same water till this day. <laughs> no, it has been <laughs> emptied a few times. <laughs> they found like weird stuff in there. Like every like time bodies. they empty it. <laughs> bodies, yeah. bodies and barrels. Oh my gosh. That's only here. <laughs> and then before Walt or before Disneyland opened, it had its inaugural sale with Walt and Lillian uh, for their anniversary. They celebrated with all their family and friends and they took it out on its inaugural tour around around the rivers which you know that's something i think about literally every time i get on it's like oh, walt like stood here like this <laughs> this was his baby 
Um, and so Mark Twain, as we discussed earlier, was one of the opening day attractions. Um, and it was officially christened uh, on the park opening day on July 17th um, when actress Irene Dune christened the riverboat um, using a bottle with water from a number of major American rivers. Apparently it was very difficult for her to break. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if they put it in like a special bottle, but she had a hard time breaking it. But It was tap. It was <laughs> probably, but they said it was <laughs> water from the riverways of America. It's my pleasure to introduce the lovely lady and famous star whom Mr. Disney has asked to christen the Mark Twain. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Irene Dunn. Hello, Irene. Hello, how are you? My, it, it, it's listing. <laughs> it's listing a little because it'll be shoving off in a moment. Yes, well, this is an authentic third wheeler. Did you know that? 105 feet long. Well, how do you know all this? Well, you see, my father used to be supervising general of steamships in America, and my grandfather used to build boats like this. I'll bet your dad would love to be here today up there standing by the yes, wheelhouse. I can almost see him standing up there now with the captain alongside of him, just as though it were the greatest place in the world. Well, now, Miss Dunn, you're holding a very special bottle here in your arms. Yes, I am. You see, um, this bottle contains waters from all the leading rivers in America. Brought here from all these towns by the great rivers. That's right. So with these precious waters, I'm going to christen this boat the Mark Twain. And there the boat is christened, and it starts on its daily trips up and down the rivers of America. Thank you, Miss Dunn. Thank you. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I've got other places to go, and uh, the Commodore, Admiral Joe Fowler, up there in the wheelhouse, looks like they're getting ready to shove off. Goodbye, everybody. Have a good ride. There goes the whistle. Uh, it was the first functional riverboat to be built in the United States for 50 years. So that's a a long time they had a uh, a little bit of a challenge trying to like figure out how to manufacture it and how to make it but and then when they were building it joe fowler again um insisted that they build a dry dock for it and walt was upset he didn't want to take up all that space but can you imagine if they hadn't built it like what would they do if there was no dry oh dock? they'd build a dry dock yeah, yeah like what they would never be able to work on it <laughs> you always think that walt's a visionary but yeah, and you could never right have there. you'd always need to have two ships working yeah, you couldn't yeah. have one like in <laughs> right and did you mention uh, and how mark Twain like the majority of it was built in one of the sound stages at the disney studios right yes and they brought it over yeah. yes 50 years first one um and then also there was the indian village um which was at this time was on the border between adventureland and frontierland um near aunt jemima's pancake house um, and it, at that time, it wasn't too much. It was basically a collection of teepees um, with a dance circle. Um, they included a bunch of tribal circle or sorry, tribal symbols that represented the sun. And it was done by an Imagineer, Sam McKim. Um, and he based all of his information on reference books from the Disney Studios Library. So I don't know how accurate they were, or what kind of books they sure. were from. But <laughs> uh, but they. Th th we should literally do a whole episode on this because... It is so interesting. Uh, for the time, I feel like it was incredibly forward thinking. Um, they had it, actual Native Americans were there sharing their culture, sharing their customs. Um, they didn't wear they didn't wear Disneyland costumes. They brought their own their own regalia in mm -hmm. for performing. Um, 
So while they did have, yes, the Indian war canoes, quote unquote, and uh, sometimes some uh, uh, what we would consider offensive now, the cabin, for the time, the Indian village itself was actually fairly forward thinking. Yeah, it's really trying to celebrate its culture. Yeah. Right way. Yeah. Oh, and then in December of 1955, the Mike Fink Keelboats opened. Uh, They debuted on Christmas Day. Um, And there were two of them. There was the Gully Wumper, which belonged to Mike Fink, and the Bertha May, which belonged to Davy Crockett. Um, And the original boats that they had on the river were the ones that they actually used when filming the Davy Crockett programs. So they were straight from the set. Um, And then they converted those eventually to have um, seats and then with windows on either side. And then eventually replaced with higher capacity boats so that they could fit more people on there. And it was considered a real deal on the river because it was a sea ticket while all the other vessels were D tickets. Oh. Yeah. And uh, in March of 1994, at the end of the summer, the keelboats closed for the season. And they didn't reopen again until March 96 with no reason given. So they were kind of wondering if it was actually ever going to come back. But... Mm-hmm. It did. It did come back in March of 1996. But in May of 1997, the gully wumper tipped over, full of guests, dunking them into the river. Uh, they were sent to St. Joseph's Hospital for minor injuries, and the mm. keelboats never reopened. I don't know if anyone <laughs> has seen, like, pictures of these things filled to the brim with people. Yeah, it's like packed. But it, it's so funny, though, because you have the people on top, which isn't safe already. But, like, nowadays, you have, like, these railings that, like, would totally stop you from, like, falling out but before is like anyone if you're sitting it'd be so easy to fall over yeah. into the water yeah and so, you have like kids that like toddlers up there oh my god that no <laughs> it's terrifying could you imagine trying to wrangle your, oh. your children well, and you know what's funny though is i kind of think of that same like scenario is like at knott's very farm the fact that you can still ride on the outside of the top of the stagecoaches somehow baffles me that's true. It's that same thing. It's mm-hmm. like you're up high, bouncing around like <laughs> you don't they can't on. make any improvements to that. Otherwise, it'd be like some new code that. Oh yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! Um, and then in 1956, we get the Indian War canoes. Um, and as Joel mentioned, that these were um, the two cast members that helped with the rowing were uh, Native American men only, only men, <laughs> and only the Native only Native Americans were were allowed to do that. Um, and they closed in 1971 to make way for bear country, and then they reopened the next year as the Davy Crockett Explorer Canoes. At that point, they didn't care what your what your race was, as long as you were a man. <laughs> it was still a man, though, right? Yeah, still, still only a man. Yeah. yeah. Women are too weak to row a canoe, don't you know? <laughs> Uh, and then also well, some some men are too. <laughs> that's true. And then the same year in 1956, Tom Sawyer Island opens with the rafts. Um, before that, it was basically just a strip of land in the middle with a bunch of trees and foliage and all that kind of stuff. But they opened it with um, things to explore and climb through, and pretty much one of the only areas even now that's very much open to explore all on your own. There's still um, dirt. Yeah, still dirt pathways and. You can still climb on things. No one yells at you when you climb on stuff. And Well, there's some stuff you can't climb on there. No. But no one yells at you. <laughs> yeah, it's true. There's not enough <laughs> cast members out there. Yeah. Did you get yelled at, Matthew? No, I'm just saying I would have put it past somebody. See, well, I just never seen me. There's not really ever any I'd cast get members. At. <laughs> well, you look <laughs> suspicious. 
I got um, yelled at for I was reading my school books, college. I was reading on top of the rocks there, and uh-huh. we got yelled at to be to get. Was down. it for being for reading or for being on the rocks? For being on the rocks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like no homework. No reading. How dare you read? You can't bring your homework to Don't Disneyland. Don't better guys. your mind. <laughs> Um, when Tom Sawyer Island opened, it did very briefly allow um, fishing. They had a netted off area that was stocked with fish. Um, and then guests were encouraged to take their fish over to River Bell Terrace. And they would clean it and gut it and chill it for you. And you could take it home at the end of the day and fry up your dinner. Except that most people didn't do that. And they just carried them around, stuffed them in lockers or dropped them somewhere. Them the they just the began hell? to reek. <laughs> you know, it would have been better if you could have taken it to the River Bell Terrace and they would have cooked it for you. Yeah, this makes a lot, a lot more sense. I yeah. did not know about the Riverbell Terrace thing where they would freeze it or put yeah, it on ice it for and, you. Yeah, that makes so much more sense now. Like, why would they ever <laughs> think this was okay? But that, okay. yeah, just most people just didn't do it. They, I mean, even still, you still have to like take your fish back across the river, the raft, <laughs> and then go back over there and. We mentioned like a well, line. there was getting the fish uh, line much easier to get to your car back then though. That's so you didn't the, have to worry about true. That's <laughs> waiting true. in line for the tram. <laughs> Also, in 1956, you could see parts of the Rainbow Cavern Mine Train from the riverboats, um, which opened um, July of that year. Um, and then Cascade Peak lasted long past the closure of the mine train, um, which that closed in 1997. Or, 1977, um, but it lasted, the Cascade Peak lasted all the way until 98. So a good decade plus past when the attraction closed, we still had those Cascade Peaks, although it looked a little different because the trees grew so big it looked quite as majestic <laughs> yeah. they had the smaller trees but oh and then you guys then the settler's cabin mm. this settler's cabin has a long sordid history <laughs> it was there for two decades um it was out there it was burning there was a settler in front shot dead with an arrow <laughs> I, I don't remember you. that. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Look it up. It's I mean, hilarious. I remember the I remember the fire. I didn't know there was a dead body. Well, yeah, it was oh, like before yeah. our time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember that either. Um, like I've they, never seen pictures of it. Really? Mm-mm. Do some research, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the captain uh, on the Mark Twain would spiel about how it was done by an unfriendly Indian, quote unquote. <laughs> We're now passing beyond the limits of protection from Fort Wilderness. That village of teepees on the island belongs to a hostile Indian tribe that roams this territory. Attention deck watch, burning settler's cabin off starboard bow. Settlers who enter this great wilderness face many dangers. And as you can see, some fall victim to Indian arrows. Um, even the, the Tom Sawyer Island map shows the cabin in the unfriendly Indian village. I'm just saying, if it was the native people's village and he settled there, like, I don't blame them. He's kind of had it coming. <laughs> what was he settling there for? They're, they're teaching history right there. Yeah, like exactly, yeah exactly why. Yeah. Exactly. The, How the, terrible we the were. The hard facts. We were. <laughs> White people were shits. Uh, and then in the 70s, um, it was changed to say that he was attacked by river pirates and the fire was turned off due to the energy crisis of the 70s. Um, they added a Pirates of the Caribbean style flame inside, uh, but does not work as well in a outdoor daytime setting. Mm-hmm. So it just looked really cheesy. Um, but the fire came back in the mid 80s 
Um, but the arrow lodged inside of the settler was removed, and the story changed. Yeah, he's still there. He was still laying there. But the story was changed that it was a moonshiner's cabin, and that caused the explosion like a Prohibition-era meth house, I guess. Well, I'll be. Old Jed there's been supplying moonshine to the keelboats for oh, a few months now. He said his business was just about to catch fire. It looks like he was right. Let's see. So we went from <laughs> we went from hostile Indian environment to or in land stealing, and then we went to you know pirates and thieving and murder. And now we went to drug dealing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this time, though, we are assured that the moonshiner is not dead. He was just passed out drunk. <laughs> so real family friendly. I don't. This is the park that won't allow alcohol, but how many rides do they have where people are drinking alcohol? <laughs> I mean, so many. And eventually, uh, in the, the 90s, the cellar was removed entirely. And then the story focused on an eagle's nest in the nearby tree that was in peril because the settler's cabin was on fire, I guess. Settler's cabin afire off starboard bow. Yeah, I see it. Poor souls. I'm afraid we're too late to help. Captain, uh, pardon my opinion, but uh, it looks as if that fire was caused by just plain carelessness. Those folks aren't only losing their own home, but the home of those eagles as well. <laughs> my sympathy goes to the eagles. Yeah, looks like the signs are clear. Man is in the forest. And then in the early 2000s, the flames were turned off again. And there was really no reason given like, as you, to why they were turned off. Due there to was another a, energy crisis? Yeah, there's there's stories that float around. Oh, yeah, seriously. Uh, that the gas line needed replacing, but it would be too costly. That'd be Paul Pressler. Um, and another story was that the flames were a victim of, of California's strict emission standards now. Um, it's basically left abandoned um, until it was set up to look like a lived-in homestead in 2010. Uh, and the, the sign erected said that it was Mike Fink's home. And then they put the defunct keelboat over there. Bing, bang, boom, a storyline. And then when the river closed in 2016 um, for the changing of the area for Galaxy's, Galaxy's Edge, Edge. Yeah. Um, the cabin was demolished and then a new one was built with no no flame effect, just a, just a plain settler's cabin. I mean, if they really wanted to be current, they could just set it on fire and that area could be the California section. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Just always oh. on fire, never turns off. Seriously, man. Uh, and then in 1958, the sailing ship Columbia joined all of the rest of the water attractions. Um, in case you didn't know, the sailing ship Columbia is not a pirate ship. It's uh, a replica of the first American ship to circumvent the entire globe. And that's well, for our friend Brian, who tells me that every time someone says it's a pirate ship. <laughs> I mean, it is at nighttime. It at is at nighttime, yes. yes. Which... But- which- which we saw a, we saw a half naked people on the Columbia. Oh the other yeah, day. this is a good what? story. I was shocked. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, okay, maybe Joel I should come back here. Joel, Joel was like, there's a girl <laughs> in a in a bra on the Columbia. Was it a bra or a bikini? No, it was a bra. So what happens at the after they done after they do their segment and on a cloud cloudy night, it's really bright. Like you can really see what's happening. So we were standing right Wait, where the this canoe. This is fantastic. Hmm? At the end of Phantasmic, or oh, during okay, Phantasmic. Okay. So if you are standing where the canoe entrance is, the other the dock for them to unload the Mark Twain, and the 
mm-hmm. uh, Columbia for the cast members in Fantasmics right there. They come by and you can see them perfectly fine because it's it was cloudy mm-hmm. and it's it's light enough. And they those cast members need to run off to the other side probably to get on Mark Twain or do another segment in Fantasmic. Right. So they they start stripping right there before they even get off the <laughs> and like full on like down to their bra. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, that's no, but the whole, I thought you, I thought you were it was a guest like earlier in the day, but oh wow, no, no but the whole time you've got uh, there's a hot Disney got, tip for got, you. Yeah, you've got Elizabeth <laughs> Swan and uh, Jack Sparrow like waving to the crowd like trying they're trying to distract, to distract you. Don't, from don't look at that. Half naked people behind it's, it's, me. It's like the Wizard of Oz. Pay no attention to those people. <laughs> they need like a re- they need like a recta, like a little pop up dressing room. You could just like yeah. Jump I in. was really shocked that they were just I'm like just get them off. Maybe the boat. they don't realize that you can see on a cloudy day. Oh my god! I think they just don't care. They're like I, we just got, I got to get this done. I got to change, or I'm not yeah. going to make my mark. So yeah, that's probably true. Um, Queen. Mark Twain. <laughs> you said they're not going to make their mark, and I said, good, good. I got it. Clever. <laughs> okay, I get you. But one of the cool things about the sailing ship Columbia is that Joe Fowler, Harry is again, Mr. Bodie McBoderson, um, told Walt that it was customary to put a silver dollar under each mast before the mast was set. So Walt Disney personally set one under each of the Columbia's three masts. I wonder if it's still there after all this time and all the refurbishments it's been through. Like, I wonder if they've ever had to like remove those. Never existed. It's all made up stories. Wow. Joel. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're hurting my Disney fact soul. Um, and then for the Columbia's christening that was led by Gretchen Campbell Richmond, who was the wife of Alfred C. Richmond, uh, who was the commandant of the United States Coast Guard at the time. So there's that. In 1960, the Rainbow Caverns Mine Train was renamed to the Mine Train Through Nature's Wonderland, and the refurbished track was extended to include a loop along the banks of the Rivers of America. And with it was that, an upside-down loop. It was a- no. <laughs> yeah, that's a good clarification. Yes, a horizontal <laughs> a horizontal loop in a circle. Uh, but that with that with that upgrade, the rivers bank got upgraded to include waterfalls and trestles and caves to drive over. So it really kind of enhanced that whole area over there. And honestly, not much else really happened to that whole area. It stayed very much the same until in 1992, a little show came out called Fantasmic. Um, They added, I believe, at least currently, there are currently 21 fountains and six whale tails in the rivers of America. And of course, they added the pipes for the flames and all that. And Harper's Mill was added as a stage. So you can kind of go over there and walk around and explore it. Um, But after Tom Sawyer Island was rethemed to Pirate's Lair, it was renamed to Lafitte's Tavern, which I did not remember that when I was looking things up. And... I just want to like tell you guys that Lafitte's Tavern is not a real tavern, so don't try to go get a beer <laughs> over there. Very missed opportunity, right? Yes. I, I'm still all about building a bridge from Frontierland side, from the front, like where Cascade Peak was. Mm-hmm. Building the bridge. Uh, it would have to be pretty, well, like, no, it's not a bridge. It needs to be a tunnel. It needs to be a tunnel from Frontierland side, from the Cascade Peak, where it used to be, go mm-hmm. underneath right there to Tom Sawyer's Island. And then you could have establishments like food, e- like eateries or a tavern on the island and it- people could easily get in and out of there. Wait, would it go under the river? 
It'd go under the river. It's six Ooh. feet. I mean, they could come on. We can make until it collapse. We're gonna talk about Big Thunder in Paris in a second here. <laughs> That's and that true. Does this, so, um, and then in 2010, the Imaginers took what had been formerly the formerly the informal concept of the waterways of the four different rivers that it represented, and they made it a much more fleshed out idea, um, adding location specific plants and rock warts around the river's edge to represent better the different environments that you would encounter on those rivers I th- i'm and, glad you bring that up sorry to interrupt i just yeah, no. i thought that was really cool when they did this back yes. then because i'm like this is so smart like before it was just kind of made up like here's some great plant like lush plants mm-hmm. but it didn't really fit for where it's supposed to be and then they really built like a this is actually supposed to be here for that river yes it, it really it, it really brought the whole river's story to life it was already such a cool place like it's already going around there it's beautiful and it's always a, a an enjoyable experience to go around the river but just taking those extra steps to flesh out that whole concept was really cool uh the river closed in 2016 as i mentioned before to change the waterway for galaxy's edge and when it reopened in 2017 they added a whole new section which was the columbia gorge section which is where i'm from well not from columbia gorge but close um and it came it's back in washington with, people yes it's washington uh, it came back with five additional waterfalls more trestles um and they included a other and like improved Native American village scene um, where they added more to it and they put the chief up on a high pedestal, not pedestal, but like a high thing. He's waving. And the murder Um, beaver. And the murder beaver munching, uh, the the beaver munching through the bridge. And now that as I say that, what I wrote, I realized that beaver munching sounds (laughs) a little bit terrible. So I'm going to say the beaver gnawing through the bridge. Okay. And there you have it. I mean, call it what you want, but <laughs> it's beaver munching. It's beaver munching. And now every time you see it, you'll think of that. <laughs> yeah, I do really appreciate how the trestle bridges that were built for Galaxy's Edge and that whole, uh, all the rock work and everything, the new waterfalls built. And the left turn. <laughs> the left turn, <laughs> the left turn yes. that comes a little later down the road, down the tra- the train tracks. But um, I do really appreciate how. I felt like that was one time they actually made a concept art and I looked at them like, this isn't going to happen. Like that's no way it will look anything like this. And I think they actually did a good job on really. They no, really did. If I'm totally going to be true. honest, if I'm going to be honest, that is my favorite part of galaxy's edge. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, because that whole section when you're on the train and you're riding through it, it is so relaxing. It's so peaceful and it's honestly beautiful. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's probably my favorite thing that came out of Galaxy's Edge was that, was that added scene and, and all the extras that they put there. Well, and also so many people were complaining and very concerned because they did shorten the the, the river a little bit. So they moved in a little mm-hmm. bit when they built this area. Um, nothing you would have really even noticed if you weren't totally familiar with it beforehand, but they did shorten it. And then they had a ton of very, huge trees, very lush in that area. And it did look really great during fall when they had some mm-hmm. some of the leaves changing in that area. But I was really concerned that, well, we're going to really lose this, like, quaint little area. But if you really think about what they've replaced and put there, they've really improved the area, enhanced it. And it's not just a bunch of trees. Now there's some really nice added elements to this, this section. Yeah, absolutely. Was that for was that it for Rivers of America? Yep. <clears throat> yep. Thank you, Bye. Beth. I've learned some new things on that, so that 
I appreciate that. Wow, I feel honored to have taught you something, Joel. I just need to go back and find the dead body with the arrow. You should should easily be able to find it. Well, what do you have to tell us, Joel? Well, I was going to move along to... We're going to mainly focus on Disneyland Paris, but before we get to Paris, I want to talk about the other ones. Um, I, I didn't feel like it was... We couldn't talk about all of them in great length. And uh, Matt didn't do any research, so I figured <laughs> I would just do a couple of items here from each. He doesn't each even know the, what you're saying right now because you know, he took his, off his, his headset head for a second. Perfect. We were about to leave. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we'll go into, uh, of course, naturally next came Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom, um, I would say it's very similar to the Rivers of America. There's probably a little less uh, features or elements or whatever you want to call it now. Um, around the banks of that rivers of America. It's kind of more natural state to Florida, I would say mm-hmm. in the back area. Um, but it's really much like how Disneyland was before they built galaxy's edge. Um, their current attractions, they have a Liberty bell riverboat, which is similar esque to Mark Twain, mm-hmm. but, um, but it's the Liberty bell. And then they have Tom Sirline there as well. Um, they have aunt Becky's Polly's Becky's aunt Polly's and Polly's, Polly's. <laughs> not Becky. So <laughs> <And> they <Becky. laughs> Tom and Becky, right? No. It's Tom and Becky, yeah, but she's yeah, not yeah. the aunt. <laughs> and she's not the aunt of Tom, no. <laughs> that would be uh, Game of Thrones here. So <laughs> there was uh, Aunt Polly's, though, um, which it still exists. I don't think it ever, I doubt it was open this last summer. But they have a, they ha- they have like a quick service restaurant on the, on the island there. Is it like fried chicken? You know? <sighs> I think it's been several things over the years, but okay. I don't know if, if I don't think it's ever many, been like open when I've been there. It's so. been many years, I think, since it yeah. was last open. I could be wrong, and I do think you could still go into that. You can still go in the fort there, where you can't go in the fort any longer mm-hmm. in Disneyland. Yes, that fort um, is it's bare bones, though they don't have as like as. I think the the dioramas or the show scenes that are within that maybe are a little lackluster compared to what Disneyland once was, but they do at least still have that area that you can walk through. And um, keep in mind, you used to be able to shoot guns at people at the <laughs> on the True. in the fort. I cannot believe that even when I was a kid, I could do that. I can um, still hear that sound too. The oh, fake like gunshot sound. Sounds, sound. Yeah. <laughs> but those have been removed. Wasn't it due to an injury? But yeah, I thought it was because that kid got his finger like. Cut off. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. It wasn't even it was for gone. it was no, gone yeah. well before that. Yeah, that's a good point. But anyway, yeah, that doesn't exist anymore. And then you have some former attractions. They did have the Davy Crockett Explorer canoes. I didn't look up when they closed, but it was a long time ago. And then they also the Mike Fink keelboats that also closed um, a while ago. And that's really, it. I mean, that's Rivers well, America. They have good. I was gonna say, and their Tom Sawyer Island, like on the there, they have a pretty extensive like labyrinth of caves <laughs> yes do not go with matt in this caves because they're really they're really hard to get out and then when you start laughing and you may or may not have farted in the cave and you had to backtrack to your own smell like yeah. three times they renamed it to matt's dutch oven <laughs> that's the new restaurant that took over aunt polly's you bake pies. Beth, <laughs> was, pies. Beth was dying the entire time. <laughs> I was. I was like, oh my God, please let me out. And then if we go, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. We'll go to Tokyo Disneyland. Um, and so that, uh, it's a little different in turn. Like they have a train that goes kind of more around that river because their train does not go around the whole park at Tokyo. Um, there's 
a lot of people say it's because if they had to have different stops, then they have to charge it for the government of Japan. Like if you have um, a train or a mode of transportation, you have to charge to to ride it. Just like their monorail system there, you do have to pay to use that monorail. Um, I don't know if that's really true for this case, but that is what I've heard a lot. And I've heard some counter stories to it, but it does seem like that's legitimate. Um, Nevertheless, so that does have that train. Um, it's called the Stillwater Junction, is where that train station is. That goes along most of it, and then it goes around their jungle cruise. And then that river passes through Westernland and Critter Country. They don't have Adventureland there, they call it. Or, I'm sorry, Frontierland. They call theirs Westernland. And their attractions, they have Mark Train Riverboat, which is, I think is identical. And then, uh, best name ever, the Beaver Brothers Explorer Canoes. <laughs> Is that from Brother Bear, I'm assuming? I don't think so. No? I don't know why it's called Beaver Brothers. I just assumed it would be from. Yeah. <laughs> and then they also have a Tom Sawyer Island there. And then if we move ahead, we're going to skip Disneyland Paris for just a moment, and we'll go to Hong Kong Disneyland, which opened in 2005. Um, they don't have a Frontierland there, so they merged the Rivers of America with the Jungle Cruise, and they have the Jungle River Rafts that now traver- travel around the Rivers of Adventure. That, that's so cool. It's mm-hmm. so cool. It Their looks center really pretty. <laughs> it's gorgeous, yeah. And that's more of a tropical climate and it has like I feel like more lush mm-hmm. foliage. And then they have the Tarzan's treehouse that's on the island there. And then they also have uh it, it's just their river is much larger, much wider than what you would experience in the States. Right, yeah. Yeah. It's got all that and, space there too, so Yeah. And their jungle river, their jungle cruise is they have a lot more they have more show elements, or at least bigger show elements, especially towards the end. Fire. Fire, yeah. Fire. So it's it's pretty cool. And then if we go over to Shanghai Disneyland, they really don't have a Rivers America or really a, a, an equivalent. Um, I did just throw out their Treasure Cove because it is a large waterway that has an island. It's very small in the middle. It's on the, if you're looking, if you're going down, what do they call it? Mickey Mouse Avenue. Mickey but Avenue. Mickey yeah. Avenue. But if you go down their version of Main Street, it's going to be on your right-hand side, kind of where our Tomorrowland is at Disneyland and Magic Kingdom. Um, but they're Treasure Cove. They have a little island in the middle. It's their pirate-themed area. They have uh, the sh- Shipwreck Shore. Um, they have Explorer Canoes, though, there, which um, that's why I bring it up, because they do have the yeah. canoes that go mm-hmm. around. Um, but that's also a very large waterway, um, which is very wide. And that cove is surrounded by adventure isle and the land that's actually called treasure cove and then let's go back back to what 1992 <laughs> to disneyland paris bien d'autres <laughs> Cher Monsieur Twain, merci et merci à vous tous d'avoir voyagé en notre compagnie. Nous espérons sincèrement vous revoir très bientôt. This one is very comprehensive. You will lose track of what I'm talking about here. It's very confusing and I had a tough time because there's a lot of different names that we're all familiar with that all kind of, it's basically built all around one story and it's the most comprehensive or uh, full story I would say that was kind of built with the park and it, it includes Big Thunder Mountain and their frontier land and their Phantom Manor all is included within this story. So it gets a little, it's a little much at times, but their river is called the Rivers of the Far West. 
Um, so it's a series of rivers found south of Thunder Mesa, Arizona. Um, their river is known, I would say, for the Big Thunder Mountains actually sitting on the center island as opposed to Tom Sawyer's Island. Um, so they to get to Big Thunder Mountain, you load on not on the island, you on the, on the shore, <laughs> the mainland, um, and then you you end up going when you go on Big Thunder Mountain, you go underneath the tunnel. The fastest point of the ride is actually at the end, unlike the ones in the states <laughs> and at Tokyo. This one actually gets faster at the very end as you go through a very uh, fast spot that goes through underneath the underneath the river to get you back to the the loading station. They fixed their error. Right. I mean, I love smart. that ride, but <laughs> that, that ending is always a little lackluster. <laughs> yeah. So I, th I always thought that was really cool. So that's what I mean. That's the main difference just right off the bat. It's like you have Thunder Mountain in the middle of that river. The boats there, um, you have Mark Twain, and that's based on the Anaheim Park's original riverboat, the Stern Wheeler. And then you have Molly Brown, named after the Titanic survivor, or also Jack Dawson's first class passenger trainer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the only side wheeler uh, in a Disney park. So <laughs> and that, the Kathy Bates. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and on, so this is where it gets a little confusing. Uh, May sixteenth, two thousand five, Molly Brown's engine overheated. Although there were there was no visible fire, um, or there was smoke damage and the ship uh, to the ship as well as her engines. Uh, guests were actually ferried ashore by the River Rogue keelboats because they had the keelboats at one time there as well. And the engine system was badly damaged, and Molly Brown remained out of operation for many months. And so later that year in September of 2005, Molly Brown was moved to dry dock. They were smart, right? And they built that dry uh -huh. dock. Thanks, Joe Fowler. <laughs> yeah. And in March of 2006, Mark Twain finally resumed operation from Thunder Mesa Riverboat Landing as that one was in dry dock previously. So they've had a lot of issues with usually only one boat in operation. One boat's kind of deteriorating. This was quite a while ago at this point, but... Uh, Molly Brown was taken out of commission, and then Mark Twain came back. Molly Brown's long refurbishment wouldn't be completed until April of 2007. Great. Oh. Everything's all great, yeah. right? But then in 2010, Molly Brown had to be rebuilt from scratch. And on March 25th of 2011, she reopened with a new recording of Molly Brown's speech. I don't think it was Kathy Bates. As it, <laughs> well, but it was opportunity. <laughs> But it was in English, and previously it was in French. We did see a lot of things where it's gone back and forth in Paris, where they had an English recording or a French recording, and it, and it ends up being something or the opposite. The Mark Twain hasn't operated since 2011 and has spent most of its time sitting in dry dock, and now it's deteriorated so much that I, I, they're going to have to rebuild that one from scratch oh as well. So right now Molly Brown does exist, and it's running, but I don't think they started on Mark Twain. I've been trying to follow that story. But wow. it's a disaster. It's so Molly crazy Brown how it's really unsinkable. <laughs> but not fireproof. <laughs> not fireproof, but unsinkable. She That's why they had back. to bring Molly Brown back. Like, well, we can't have Molly it's Brown. It's so her. crazy, though, with Paris. Like, their their maintenance is so, like, odd. Because remember, they had that period where just, like, everything was falling apart. And then things look great again. And then it's kind of falling apart again. And then yeah. things look great again. It's like, can yeah. we? They also have to deal with the, the elements of the, you know, the weather is terrible there during the winter and they i mean at least disneyland full or disney fully owns it they've bought disneyland paris so there's no longer another stakeholder it's all disneyland um or disney and at least 
hopefully they keep up to the Disney standards, but there was definitely a time <laughs> which, which is, is, which is kind of low nowadays. <laughs> well, you can say what you want. Maybe the animatronics are not working and other things are not looking great, but anything looks better than 2002, 2003 Disneyland. I mean, that was paint peeling everywhere. It was, that Remember was the churro sign. The current churro sign. Yeah. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and DCA yeah. missed the bane of my existence. Yeah. <laughs> It won't ever be fixed. This is a supply issue, Matt. <laughs> I could go down to Hobby Lobby and buy, like, <laughs> hell, at this point, you could probably make it on a cricket. <laughs> and make everything on a cricket. <laughs> Our imaginary teams just printing shit on a cricket. <laughs> they got to figure out hey, some ways to save not? some money. <laughs> so here, we're going to get into the story a little bit um, for this river. So the rivers connect to a variety of towns and uh, settlements in the Big Thunder region, including Rainbow Ridge, Tumbleweed, and Stillwater Junction, while also having a passage to Grizzly Gulch, California. All these names should sound familiar to some, or hopefully to some of you. Um, You you have Rainbow Ridge, which is very familiar to Disneyland, um, and their Big Thunder Mountain, and Mine Train Through Nature's Wonderland, and then Stillwater Junction's over at Tokyo Disneyland, and Grizzly Gulch is the new area for uh, in Hong Kong Disneyland. So all of this is not to be confused with Thunder Mesa, which is a mining town in Arizona and the first town ever mined by the Big Thunder Mining Company. That also stems from the never-built Western River Expedition attraction, an area originally designed for Magic Kingdom. It is the setting for a Big Thunder Mountain Railroad and the rest of Frontierland in Disneyland Paris. Rainbow Ridge is a mining town and the setting of Big Thunder Mountain Railroad at Disneyland, as I mentioned. Uh, Tumbleweed, which was established in 1880, is a mining town and the headquarters of the Big Thunder Mining Company, ran by our favorite Barnabas T. Bouillon. Good old Mr. Bouillon. It is the setting of Big Thunder Mountain Railroad at the Magic Kingdom. A carriage line advertising in Tumbleweed offers carriage rides from Thunder Mesa to Rainbow Ridge. So... Here you can already see we have Ooh, Rainbow that's Ridge. That's a long trip. <laughs> <and> t- <laughs> you have, there's already, right, you have a call back to Disneyland and a call to Magic Kingdom. Um, and I don't know if Tumbleweed wasn't really put into place at Magic Kingdom until they built that Barnabas T. Billion storyline mm-hmm. more recently, or if that was kind of always a part of that eight. one. Yeah. Uh, land grant documents within the queue also list Tumbleweed and Big Thunder Mountain's greater location as being around Thunder Mesa in the Western River Valley of Arizona, and with a painting incorporating elements from multiple incarnations of the attractions with a single range suggests that these towns all exist within the Western River Valley. So <laughs> these are great names, but it's just, wow. Uh, Thunder Mesa is referenced in an advertisement, or as they would say, an advert, I can't, I can't ever say it how Advertisement. Ad- advertisement. advertisement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the Mark Twain Riverboat in Disneyland's Rivers of America. The advertisement mentions the rivers of the Far West and shows the riverboat passing by Fort Comstock. And Stillwater Junction is a town which was built in Big Thunder Mountain, uh, in the Big Thunder Mountain range at some point prior to 1880s. The town was found along the rivers of the Far West, could be accessed by the steamboats of the region, 
and is a town located along Tokyo Disneyland's Western River Railroad attraction, like I mentioned before. So it's pretty crazy. It's a culmination of all this stuff coming together. So I a, find cou- kind of cool. a couple of things that I find surprising. So I never knew that Thunder Mesa was supposed to be Arizona. What did you think it was Utah? I, I didn't. I just thought somewhere southwesty. I didn't think it actually had like oh, what, New uh, Mexico or something. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know it had a, like an actual location. And then the other thing too was uh, where's the the sign on the the Mark Twain? I don't think I've ever seen that. Is isn't that the sign that's on the side of the area that's now closed off with the elevated um, mm. dock? And then you have it used to be facing the walkway, and now it's facing the side, and it's harder to see. And there's I'll that painting. And there's even a hidden Mickey in it. One of the characters or one of the oh, yeah, yeah, guests yeah. on the Mark Twain is a Mickey, is Mickey Mouse. Uh, you know what? Okay, I remember that, but maybe I've just never actually stopped and or like put two and two read together. The sign, yeah. <laughs> so no, now I yeah. know exactly what you're talking about, and it's funny. I don't think I've ever actually. <laughs> I look at it and I don't see words. Right, you just <laughs> see that that boat. I just right. see the boat, and now it's even harder to see because they moved it off to the side there. So the river there features, of course, boats and water traffic go the opposite direction there. Um, so they go counterclockwise. Like uh, Australia. A, right. <laughs> like their toilets, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, a familiar figure is there. It's Old Joe. Um, it's been nicknamed from Pirates. It's also found along river, uh, found along this river, just like you see on, in Magic Kingdom. You also see him in Pirates of the Caribbean on on the the deck with his uh, banjo, which he's not playing. It's in the. It never made sense. He should be playing the banjo, but the banjo music. Yeah, is I always imagine that he is. Yeah. And then, oh no, he's no. just sitting there. He's just sitting there. It's Somebody else some, is playing the banjo. Some weirdo in his house. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, in Paris, uh, oh sorry, in Magic Kingdom, he's called Beacon Joe, and then in Paris, he is named Catfish Joe, and he is uh, with his dog Moonshine. So maybe. He was passed out once upon a time on Tom Sawyer's Island. <laughs> <He was. laughs> or in the unfriendly. I hope he made it out of the fire village. okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, and along the river, you'll also pass uh, wildlife to be found along rivers in Washington, Wyoming, and Colorado, uh, all gold mining territories. And then some other features and scenes throughout the Rivers of America is there. You have uh, or Rivers of the Far West. The Ball Mill Landing, it's just a little port along the river visible from the riverboat or Molly Brown or from Mark Twain. And then you have Big Thunder Island, um, which is Big Thunder Island is an island found in the Big Thunder Mountain region of Arizona's Monument Valley. It is an island found in what was what became known as the Rivers of the Far West by the indigenous Shoshone peoples as being home to the legendary Spirit of Big Thunder. Um, I think there's a song that goes with that too, right? Spirit of Big Thunder. Can you sing it for us? No, no, I'll play it instead. Oh, I, I, I huh? love that song. Right? Can you sing uh-huh. it? It's like something like at Big Thunder Mountain Station. There's a frightening yes. something man. His something something feeble, and his skin has lost its tan. Something like that. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's, it's, like, it's, like, yeah. it's like here the legend of Thunder Mountain. And the skin has lost its hand. When I asked him for a ticket, he turned and shook his head. He grabbed me by the shoulder, and this is what he said. Before you get on board this train, there's something you should know. When I finish with this tale, you might not want to go. I listened with amazement at what he said was true. And now, my friend, the time has come to tell this tale to you. Hear the legend of 
Maybe it's just a legend of Big Thunder Mountain, not oh, Spirit man, of Oh, man, I miss recording with you guys. <laughs> uh, and in 1849, pioneer Henry Ravenswood discovered gold within Big Thunder and established the Big Thunder Mining Company to harvest it, chasing out the Shoshone peoples to do so. So uh, he's a horrible person. Yep, And jerk. I don't think he's part of C, right? He should be part of Society of Explorers it. and Adventurers because yeah. he's a horrible person. Well, there's a lot of horrible people in C that yeah. we discovered, yeah. Right. Uh, in 1860, the spirit of Big Thunder caused a massive earthquake which killed Henry Ravenswood and sunk a portion of Thunder Mesa into the haunted Phantom Canyon. Yeah. Then you have Boot, Boot Hill and Ravenswood Manor. Ravenswood Manor, or Phantom Manor, was once home to Henry and his family. After his death, the townsfolk began to talk about the old house and the family that lived in it. And some say that Ravenswood still lives in the house, keeping an eye on it and his daughter's Melanie, um, or his daughter Melanie. And the locals gave it a nickname, Phantom Manor. So it's kind of all built into this whole story of Big Thunder Mountain. And that's why in the Phantom Manor at the end, it's more of a frontier land or western land um, in the graveyard. Scene. Right. Can you kind of it's go through like, like a ghost town, right? The one thing I like want to go to Paris for. Phantom Manor in general. Yeah, I, yeah. There's really not much in Paris that I'm drawn to, but I love everything about that ride. Isn't yeah. there? Do you remember the Phantom Manor uh, that is inside the uh, our haunted mansion, uh-huh. like that dollhouse? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yes. And I can never find anything online about it. Like referencing it? Yeah. It's definitely like, there. It, it's definitely there because yeah. we saw it one time together. Like that's we were all the writing only... or something, and I was like, "Is that Phantom Manor?" And that's the only thing I love about. Haunted Mansion Holiday is because we get that gazebo music in the queue. Oh, uh huh. Oh, yeah. From the music box. From Phantom Manor. Oh, yeah. I love it. Um, there's also Geronimo Landing. I, I don't have any details on that. And there's Geyser Plateau and Rainbow Arch. Yeah. Uh, it's portside. Uh, there's a beautiful natural arch bridge there. Um, I'm sure if you ever look at pictures of rivers of the far west of Disneyland Paris, they usually show that, that arch. Um, on the starboard side, you can see the Frontierland Geyser Basin. Um, I went in a little bit of detail on this because they've spent a lot of work on fixing it up. Not just enhancements, but just fixing it because it was dilapidated for a while. So Jeff Burke, who's the show producer of Frontierland in Disneyland Paris, um, he stated, The natural bridge that's connected to Big Thunder Mountain's south side and then plunges into the river is styled after a double O arch, which is found in Utah's Arches National Park. The original geyser basin is based on Yellowstone's Mammoth Hot Springs. Beth Clapperton, who is the art director with Euro Disneyland Imagineering, uh, was stating during the most recent refurbishment, the existing geothermal area was broken up into two sections to provide more visual interest rather than just one type of treatment across the whole zone as per the original scheme. Kind of like what Beth was talking about with our Rivers of America at Disneyland, they went in and really um, kind of enhanced the whole area and made things just kind of make sense to the different rivers it represents in the areas. The left-hand section is to be the oldest and active and overrun with plants. The part is still features the skeleton of the dinosaur as children love discovering this element um, that's kind of baked into the, the rock there. And the central and foreground zones feature the actual geysers. 
They erupt with varying timing. The intensity of geyser is now recreated with pressurized water and water mist. Um, and I guess this is more efficient and less costly than the liquid nitrogen that was originally used. Um, they added compressed air as an audio effect to enhance the experience. Well, I remember those geysers from like photos that I used to see of Paris. That was one of those sections that had fallen into like big time disrepair. And yeah. they redid the entire thing and now it looks great. Yeah. I don't know if I mentioned it here later because they built what they did here is they made it easier to get to these show effects, which is like genius. They built it so you can go underneath these caves or these this rock work and actually attend to any of those uh, show elements or show effects and actually work on them, where I bet before it would be really hard to, to fix them or repair. Get equipment over there and whatnot. Yeah. And then there's Smuggler's Cove from Designing Disney, this uh, website, designingdisney.com. They had an interview with Jeff Burke and uh, Beth Clapperton that I was talking about. They were saying Smuggler's Cove was created as a river pirate hangout, but it also used to practically serve the purpose of a ride load and unload area for the River Road keelboats. So that's no longer existence, mm -hmm. but just kind of like you've seen at other um, parks that you'll see they've kind of repurposed those docks that were once used for kill for the keelboats. And the design of Smuggler's Cove is based on natural caverns, caves and river inlets that Water was carved out over time along the sandstone rock formations that lined the banks of the Colorado River, particularly where it flows through Arizona. So obviously some time was spent there and some research on making it just be right. And then they have this wilderness island, they call it, and that's just a, a small separate island behind Big Thunder Island, as they call it. So they have a little extra part in the back that is just called the Wilderness Island. Can you explore but that like Tom Sawyer or I is it don't just, think you can go there. It's just it's just there. A, just a little <laughs> extra spot. Um, there's no they should have put a settler's cap in there for sure. But <laughs> oh, yeah. So really, I mean, that's that's the rivers of the far west or the rivers of America. I think theirs is kind of the most comprehensive. And I think it's just really cool. They built this whole story. And we've gotten into this about Society of Explorers and Adventurers where People complain that it's like it's too involved, it's too much, but it's not like you don't need to know about it. It just if you start to uncover more and more, it's kind of fun to learn about it and learn of this a deeper story or history. But it's not something that if you don't know it, it doesn't take away doesn't, yeah, it doesn't not detract from your experience. From yeah, it doesn't detract from your experience if you don't know the story. Yeah, it's just, just as you find as you find the little nuggets while you're waiting in line, it's just kind of fun to put together it kind of enhances your your experience yeah so one thing that i'm honestly surprised you didn't mention though for paris does anybody remember doesn't still the go phantom cruise yeah but it doesn't happen anymore so i know but it's still cool you didn't Explain mention it. it so the phantom oh. cruise ran for only like a couple years it was essentially like a gigantic grim reaper oh, that pulled so cool. the mark twain <laughs> it but needs to come back but apparently it kept derailing, so that's why they oh. stopped. It, it was only during Halloween season, yeah, right? It only went for like two years. I guess it was supposedly it had kept derailing, and it was just uh -huh. a pain in the ass to maintain, so they finally just said, we're not doing it But anymore. it looked cool. But the pictures of it, like, <laughs> especially like when you see the pictures where like they the have like, the a, fog. like a fog, yeah. and I was like, I want this. I want that here. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's huge. It's like almost just as big, if not bigger, than the actual boat that it's pulling. Yeah. So cool. Like I remember yeah. what the first time I ever saw a photo of that, I was like, that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so 
so yeah that's i mean the, that's the the rivers across the the globe right and i think it's just really cool that almost all of them kind of still continue this more or less a tradition of having this these rivers of america and it does mean so much i think to disneyland and sets it apart from a lot of other amusement or theme parks out there just having this kind of space that could have been a concrete jungle it could have been something without all this lush nice foliage or just having like these natural water not natural but looking like natural waterways <laughs> in existence in a park like this really adds to the experience and the environment and the thing is, is they've managed to pack so much into it without feeling overcrowded. It feels, it has that kinetic energy where you feel like it's a bustling area, but it still has those peaceful areas when you're actually on the attraction itself. It's just really cool that, you know, even though they could have just stuck a big attraction, they've managed to get multiple attractions that are enjoyable for all ages in that same area. That's a great point, and, and the kinetic energy is very real, especially for Disneyland, where you do often still see both boats running. Um, and the canoes. And the canoes. And the rafts. And the rafts. To and the strippers. And the, <laughs> are they still running the rafts all the way around the river, or did they stop that? Because they were doing no, it briefly. I don't think so, okay. yeah. Yeah, that was because they were repairing just, stuff. On yeah, the for Fantasmic, right? Yeah. So it's something that we're happy to see continue in the park. All right, well, thanks, guys. This was a lot of fun. It was nice to get back together and uh, talk Disney for a little bit and not just complain. Yeah, <laughs> I love talking about that. the fun things at Disney <laughs> and stuff we really enjoy. Wish there was some more of that. So that was that was nice. Um, and hey, until our next happy hour. When you aren't able to join us on Off Harbor in Maine, you can always find us online. Uh, our Twitter and Instagram handle is at Off Harbor, but you'll pretty much just see us always posting on our personal handles, and those are available under the show notes. Uh, feel free to always email us, too, if you want to um, complain about anything we said or uh, correct us, feel free. Or if you just want to uh, drop us a line, uh, you can email us at podcast at offharborinmaine.com. I am struggling with the website because for some reason, if you go there now, it says that we're trying to attack you or something or that I'm like, <laughs> like, you, it's hard to access the website. To, <laughs> like I'm trying to fish. Cyber attacks? <laughs> yeah. So I need to figure out what's going on with that. Um, but I swear I'm not trying to take your information. <laughs> you can also find some in-park recordings uh, background music, park ambiance, and attractions over on our sister podcast feed called Park Sensory. If you just search for Park Sensory, it should come up. Um, there's no talking on that. You don't have to hear me talk. And it just goes uh, right into audio recordings from the parks. Um, so I enjoy even listening to myself, and I feel like that's a good testament to um, some enjoyable things to listen to on there. Um, but in general, hey, if you enjoyed listening to us, I know we haven't been around uh, for a while, but the best way to um, help the show is just really recommending it to your friends and sharing it um, online. Well, everyone, wherever the world leads you next, we hope you carry a song with you and know that the promise of someday begins inside you. On behalf of the birdies, flowers, and tiki's here at Off Harbor in Maine, farewell and aloha to you. We'll see you all next time. Stay well and cheers. 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 cheers.
That was my Derek. Oi. 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 He was in Germany and he didn't do it for me. I'm offended. Oh, that's pretty bad. You should have. Well, you know, though, if I have to drink my water, I'm going to have to mute because the only thing about this water bottle is when you drink from it, it is obnoxiously loud. Like, we're going to have to demonstrate. I can hear like the. the I couldn't even hear it. We couldn't even hear it. Awesome. Go free. No need to mute. Because it has one of like the little, like the little hole on it to get like the air. So it sounds like someone's going like. Mm. I hope everyone's wearing headphones for that. That's good. <laughs> From one? Princess and the Frog. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, shoot. What is her name? They came out. Uh, is it? Anika Noni Rose? Yeah, something, something Rose. It starts with an uh, A Rose. A Rose. Yeah, A Rose. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, at least you saw that. I'm just trying to. Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> or Alexa. Was it? Oh, my God. Why can't I remember her name? Is it Alexis? Alexis. 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 Is it Alexis? <laughs> Alexis Rose. I really found some great stuff. Uh, audio wise. Oh. Uh, Twain. Mark Twain. <laughs> yeah. Mark three. Mark four. Um <laughs> Engines Deep. <laughs> Let's head down to Disneyland. On the banks of Frontierland, Indian Village, and what would become New Orleans Square to the banks of... That doesn't make any sense. It's too much to the banks. <laughs> you wrote it. I know. This is when I'm writing on my phone while trying to watch the kids at the same time. <laughs> to the banks, like, to the wall. These <laughs> sweat drips down these balls. <laughs> That's every day in Florida. <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> Let's head down to Disneyland, down to Frontierland, Indian Village, and what would later become New Orleans Square. We're heading down to the banks of the Rivers of America. You just Today, said down three times. <laughs> just, just in case you wanted to know, because you were worried about banks. You said, I said down, down three, three times. times. You just added an extra about, down. Let's, put, let's head down to Frontierland and the Indian Village, what would later become New Orleans Square. Well, that's not what later became New Orleans Square. I don't know then. But that's what you put. I, and oh, three and different areas okay. along the rivers of America. Uh, critter country, Matthew. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Just put, let's head down to Frontierland. No. Head down to Frontierland. I got it. I got it. Shut up. <laughs> We're trying to help, Joel. In December of 55, um, the mic... <laughs> said the Mike Kink Field <laughs> It's a kinky. <laughs> but um, but it's the Liberty Bell. And then they have Tom Sirline there as well. Um, they have Aunt Becky's? Polly's? Becky's. Aunt Polly's. Aunt Polly's. Polly's. <laughs> Not Becky. So <laughs> <Aunt> they have... <laughs> Tom and Becky, right? No. It's Tom and Becky, yeah, but she's not yeah, the yeah. aunt. <laughs> she's not the aunt of Tom, no. <laughs> that would be uh, Game of Thrones here. So there was... Uh, Aunt Polly's, though, um, which I have nothing. 
Waltz, we're happy to see Waltz's legacy. Get destroyed around every corner. (laughs) While everything else is falling apart, we're happy to see Rivers of America continue to thrive. You know, Walt did say, we'll only get prettier. (laughs) 